Hi, I'm Chin, a journalist and editor and the writer of Money Talk, a weekly newsletter on the highs and lows of personal finance. You can find it on Substack or Google Money Talk Substack. On this week's accompanying Money Talk podcast, I'm going to talk about how the UK debt is breaking records and what you can do about it. According to the latest release from the Office for National Statistics, the ONS, the UK's public sector debt was 1,950.1 billion at the end of May. This jaw-dropping number is 100.9% of gross domestic product, or GDP, meaning the national debt is now bigger than the economy. It lays bare the enormous economic impact of coronavirus, but perhaps only in the short term. There are several things you need to know. First, the UK government has spent an astronomical sum to combat coronavirus. It's estimated to have borrowed 55.2 billion during the month of May alone, the largest amount to ever have been borrowed in a single month. There will be more borrowing to come in the form of initiatives like the furlough scheme, the self-employment income support scheme, bounce-back loans for businesses, and even support towards rail firms and transport for London. According to the Office for Budget Responsibility, or the OBR, borrowing in the current financial year, that's between April 2020 and March 2021, could be as much as $298.4 billion. The OBR is due to give an update on this figure in July to factor in the effects of lockdown being eased. In addition, the government's income has dropped significantly. A large portion of this was because of a foreign income tax, but a big drop in VAT from restaurant meals, for example, also contributed to this. Second, it's impossible to know just how much borrowing is needed, and the headline figures we've been given are just estimates right now. Public sector borrowing in April was estimated to be 62.1 billion, but ended up being revised down to 48.5 billion because the government received more tax and national insurance contributions and paid out less through the furlough scheme than it had expected. The same thing could happen in May, and as borrowing estimates for April have shown, the variation can be in the billions. Third, the biggest increase in government expenditure has been towards support schemes including furlough and size. With more people now going back to work, Demand for them is expected to drop and will stop altogether when the schemes end in October. More people going back to work will also have the added bonus of an income tax boost for the government, so it has more to spend. And finally, don't forget, GDP took a nosedive in April, which means the debt-to-GDP ratio is exaggerated. And as I mentioned last week, as lockdown restrictions ease, and more businesses restart, will likely see a quick bounce back. There is still a lot of uncertainty, and that's why in its next release, the OBR will be drawing up three separate scenarios. One that updates the April release with a sharp rebound in activity and no medium-term economic scarring. One that sees activity recover more slowly and incorporates some scarring to potential GDP and one where recovery is slower still and scarring is deeper. So what does this mean for you? The numbers are shocking, 
It's the first time that the debt-to-GDP ratio has exceeded 100% since the financial year ending March 1963. If this ratio keeps going up, the government may struggle to pay off its debts. And if that happens, higher taxes and shrinking benefits will likely be on the cards. As individuals, it's hard for us to affect change on a macro level. Although if we all picked up a side hustle that made money and also spent that money, we'd be doing a great service to the economy. On a micro level, it's all about planning ahead. Taxes will most likely go up, and so will costs as businesses seek to recoup their losses. Unfortunately, your income is one thing that's not likely to go up. So first, look at your income and expenditure to see whether you can tighten things up a bit. Next, make a plan to pay off your debts if you have any. Do this before you save if it's anything other than a student loan or a mortgage. Make sure you're putting money aside for an emergency fund as well. At least three to six months of living expenses would be prudent, but aim for up to a year. Finally, think about how you could diversify your income stream. If you lost your job tomorrow, do you have anything to fall back on? You have been listening to Money Talk, an accompanying podcast for Money Talk the newsletter. To find it, Google Money Talk Substack. Right now, you can get a free trial of the newsletter, so make sure you log on. Thanks, and goodbye for now.